0: Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Luke, and this is my co-host,
1: uh, Gerard Gerard
0: Carmichael V. And today we are covering three um, separate cryptids, alien cryptids. Uh, we'll lead into or start off with the Flatwoods Monster, and then we'll go to the Georgia Stocks. Not stocks and bonds, just stocks, like asparagus. And then the Hopkinsville goblins. So, um, I guess I'll uh, start with the Flatwoods Monster. Um, So this happened in September 12th, 1952. Um, So people laugh about it now, but scared plenty of people back uh, then, including the eyewitnesses, six boys aged 10 to 17, a dog and a mom. Um, So the encounter made the local and national news, scaring a wider swath of people. Then it prompted a U.S. Air Force UFO inquiry, which was part of a project called Project Blue Book. Um, that dispatch a handful of investigators around the country to look into such claims. Um, <laughs> so this happened in the Flatwoods, um, which is in the Appalachian hills of central West Virginia. And I mean, how how do you describe it? It's like a Ace of Spades for a head with two glowing eyes um it's
1: like double the size of a human it kind of has like three fingers that are kind of claw like
0: yeah and then it has a what a metallic body and then like a green black skirt yeah with no legs that it's just floating
1: yeah and its head kind of looks like a peacock feathers
0: yeah or you know like a ace of spades from uh yeah
1: like a leaf or something like
0: this from a Deck of cards, right? Yeah. Um, So it was dusk when they saw it. The May brothers, Ed and Freddie, had been playing in their schoolyard with their uh, 10-year-old friend, Tommy Heyer. After noticing a pulsing red light streak across the sky and crash on a nearby farm, Hmm. the three youngsters ran to grab uh, the May boy's mother's mother then hightailed it up that hill to check out where the light had landed. A few other boys, one with a dog, showed up too. Then they ran back down in sheer terror. Um, And one newspaper went on to report, seven Braxton County residents on Saturday reported seeing a 10-foot Frankenstein-like monster in the hills above Flatwoods. A National Guard member, 17-year-old Gene Lemon, was leading the group when he saw what appeared to be a pair of bright eyes in the trees. (laughs) Um, When he saw the 10-foot monster with a blood-red body and a green face that seemed to glow, it may have had claws for hands. It was hard to tell because of the dense mist. Um, The story went to the local news, then got picked up by national radio, big papers all over the country. Um, and there's now even a Flatwood Monsters Museum, which I'm going to check out their website. Um, so, the newspaper guy went on to say, those people were the most scared people I've ever seen. People don't make up that kind of story, story that quickly. And others doubt it because State police laughed off the reports of his hysteria. They said the so-called monster had grown from 7 to 17 feet in just 24 hours. <laughs> um, uh, so, a local named Gibson um, said, I don't believe in the Easter Bunny. I don't believe in Santa and I really don't believe in the Flatwoods monster, but I do want to boost our community. Um <laughs> uh, Yeah. So um they actually have their own museum and it Well we'll have to go there sometime sometime jared um is that in
1: uh, west virginia
0: yes oh 208 main street sun west s-u-t-t-o-n west virginia is it still open yes Ooh, cool monday through friday nine to five weekends ten to four nice and it's just closed on the major holidays mm. but um it has a like a Books and pamphlets and whatnot from that uh, era. It has like the statues of the Flatwoods Monster, which I'd love to have. Uh, it has like a cafe and just kind of like an open feel to it, I guess you would say. It's not that big, but um, yeah. Did you want me to kick it over to you or.
1: Yeah, to talk about Georgia Stocks?
0: No, the Flatwoods Monster. Oh. We're not there yet.
1: Yeah, so uh, conventional explanations. After investigating the case in 2000, uh, Joel of the Committee of Skeptical Inquiry concluded that the bright light in the sky reported by the witness on September 12th was most likely a meteor. That pulsating red light was like an aircraft navigation or a hazard beacon, and the creature described by witnesses uh, closely resembles an owl. Uh, Nichols suggests that the witnesses' perceptions were distorted by their heightened state of anxiety. Nichols' conclusions are shared by a number of other investigators, including those of the Air Force. On the night of September twelfth, sighting a meteor had been observed across three states—Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. According to Nichols, three flashing um, red aircraft beacons were also visible from the area of the sighting, which could account for the descriptions of a pulsating red light and red tint of uh, on the face of the supposed monster. Uh, Nichols concluded that the shape and movement reported by the witnesses, were also consistent with a silhouette or flight pattern and call of a startled barn owl perched on a tree limb, leading ex- researchers to conclude that foliage beneath the owl may have created the illusion of a lower portion of the creature Describing uh, described as being a, a palated green skirt. Researchers also conclude that the witnesses' inability to agree on whether the creature had arms, combined with May's reporting of it having small claw-like hands, which extend in front of it, uh, also matched the description of a barn owl that's talons gripping a tree branch. According to skeptic Ryan Happ, even though a local boy, Max Lockhart, admitted he had driven around the site hoping to see something in his Chevy, um, paranormal investigators concluded that the tracks, oily residue, and the bits of rubbery substance must have been left by the creature and not the truck. Um, Happ uh, explains nausea reported by some of the witnesses as symptoms consistent with hysteria or overexertion. So they're thinking it might be an owl that they saw and their perception of the tree silhouette made it look like a big monster, but it was just an owl on a
0: tree. Right. So one, so I've actually watched a couple uh, videos on this particular one where uh, (coughs) one that I would actually recommend you guys watch yourselves is called, it's by Trey the Explainer. He, he actually does a lot of research into this crap and whatnot, but, um, he was saying like, you know, the earliest reports, you know, like none of them could agree on what they saw. Yeah. So like, you know, what was the shape of its head? What was... The size of its body. Yeah. The, the I mean... The claws
1: and the hands seemed to be the biggest part that you did know, agree the, was it, on is the hands. was it
0: floating, you know, mm-hmm. um... What did the under portion of it look like um, yeah, like here um look look at this, Jared, so here's like three very different um drawings done by the um witnesses of what the flatwoods monster looked like, like that spade, yeah, on the top of its head. It, very different size comparison, right,
1: yeah, and different shapes too they're, right they're similar, but they're they're different widths and different heights
0: and like the the only thing they can agree on is the like the the shape of the head, the torso, and like the two eyes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but not the um, yeah
1: yeah, and they said the red coloring from the eyes could have been a reflection from the uh, from the air, airplane like lights
0: right Beacons. so like um like just drawing up with cats um like at least cat's eyes are very good at you know reflecting light back at you mm-hmm. like i i don't know if you've ever like you know when i was a kid i'd like chase the cats around the house and like look under the beds and stuff. And you know, I'd have like a flashlight because cats are really good at hiding. Right. Oh yeah. So, you know, I'd shine like a flashlight underneath at them and you know, like their eyes are almost designed to reflect light back. It's weird. But, um, here's, a here's another, um, description of the event. It's short. Mrs. May, her sons, their friends, and a dog were outside playing when they saw this bright light in the sky. They saw it circle around the hill and crash, and they thought it might have been a meteor or something like that. And so they all walked up the hill up to where the crash site was, and when they got there, there was this glowing red orb in the ground. The air was filled with smoke. It was very acrid-smelling, apparently. It had an oily kind of air. And the dog got close to it and just ran away. The dog was terrified, not wanting anything to do with nothing, with whatever the ship was or whatever the object was. And as they got closer to it, they noticed that there was a figure over to the side of them. So, like, they didn't see the craft, right? Mm -mm. It just crashed. Yeah. You know, um, which is, you know, kind of a major part of... UFO stories right yeah. I mean almost every one I've read Is people See the craft first And then if they're To me lucky See the beings that come yeah. out of the craft Right
1: after it lands or crashes Yeah
0: so um, <laughs> When they when they saw the monster or Alien um, Her and the children All ran off to their home and they reported it to the authorities. Apparently, the U.S. government sent some men in black to their house and investigated the sighting, took down their witness reports, which apparently all of them were the same. Uh, Mrs. May got some of the oil on her dress that night from the ship, and they took the dress. They said that they would return it, and they never did. (laughs) And they never did. Yeah, so... (laughs) Um, I, I don't know um so the flatwoods monster museum opened in 2018 Never ever since then um there's been a lot of people that have come and visited it anything uh, related to the flatwoods monster um this guy says that at least half of the people who come and visit are from out of state; the other half are from in-state. Um, so, I mean, it seems to be a net good for the community. Yeah, you know, just like Roswell, or kind yeah. of uh, helped to boom their economy. With yeah, tours. or uh, Mothman. Yeah, you know, it probably like the local town probably embraces the uh, folk tale. And you know because it drives interest to their town. Yeah, true. Because right? looking at pictures, it looks like just a little hick town. It's surrounded by trees. You know, mm-hmm. not not much. <laughs> um,
1: just kind of a boring area. That's kind of their star attraction now.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh. I, I I want to read a quick, um, apparently this is a monster that is similar in description to the Flatwoods monster. So another sighting of a creature similar in description to the Flatwoods monster was reported by Mrs. Audra Harper not long before the infamous sighting on Fisher's Farm. Harper claims to have seen the monster while walking through the woods near her home near the town of Peters. Here's is about five miles north of Flatwoods. Harper and her friend were walking to a nearby store. The road leading out of their property was implacable and rutted, so they were taking a shortcut through the forest instead of walking the road, which would have increased their trip significantly. About a half mile into their trip, they noticed a ball of fire on one of the hills they were passing. She dismissed it, assuming that one of her neighbors was quote, fox chasing. When she glanced back, she saw something unbelievable. The fire had vanished, and in its place stood the tall, dark silhouette of a man-shaped figure. Terrified, Harper and her friend ran, escaping among the rocks and boulders around the hillside. Um, And then here's another sighting, kind of like the Flatwoods monster. The day after the September 12th incident in Flatwoods, another strange sighting occurred near Strange Creek, about 20 miles south of Flatwoods. Reportedly, George and Edith Snitowski and their 18th-month-old son were driving through the rural area between Clay and Braxton County on Route 4 when their car suddenly died. Mr. Snitowski attempted to restart the car to no avail. It was nighttime and the road was deserted. While they were trying to hide, to decide what to do, a foul, sulphurous smell filled the air, and their baby began to cry. Which, if you remember, the there's a weird smell associated with the Flatwoods Monster. Right. Um, A strange light filled the darkness, and the couple witnessed a ten foot tall creature hovering in front of their car the description is similar to that of the original sighting, except the monster was not wearing a its spade shaped hood instead its head was reportedly reptilian and bony the creature dragged its lizard-like hand across the hood of the car before drifting away into the woods as soon as the monster was out of sight the car restarted and the couple sped away and he would later give his account for mail magazine in the night In 1955, which I'm pretty sure the Flatwoods monster wasn't a reptilian. So, uh, maybe it was a different cryptid. I don't know. Maybe. So I'll pass it over to Gerard, um, to recount the tale of the Georgia asparagus stocks. (laughs)
1: So I don't have very much on this, but...
0: Well, don't you have that PDF?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, But yeah, the Georgia stock sighting was an extraterrestrial sighting that took place in July 1951. The witness pilot, Fred Regan, was flying his uh, Piper Club over Georgia when he felt a mysterious force pull his plane upwards, crashing into it uh, an unidentified flying object. The hovering creatures, or perhaps robots... Apologized to him for the accident, gave him a quick medical exam, informed him that they had not, uh, he was now cured of cancer, which he never knew he had. Fred was eventually found unconscious in the field without so much as a scratch. The wreckage of his plane nearby, its engine was uh, buried almost six feet into the ground and having fallen thousands of feet. Um, Eleven months later, Regan died mysteriously of a degenerating brain tissue, a symptom of overexposure to atomic radiation.
0: Yeah, that sounds like radiation.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna read the uh, the PDF uh historical uh, uh, account from 1953. Uh, Fred Regan's story, preposterous, fantastic. When uh, Coral Lorenzo of the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization read the story in the summer of 1953, she called it a startling disclosure. Of if true, um, magazine action in its May 1953 column or issue. Printed a column or article entitled "I Wrote a Flying Saucer." The pilot was about Mr. Fred Regan, who is supposed to have been piloting a single-engine uh, Piper Club Cub in 1951 uh, when a pulsating, uh, login shaped object collided with his aircraft. After the impact, Regan's plane uh, shattered mysteriously. remains uh, shattered plane mysteriously remained airborne, suspended in the sky by some unknown power. <gasps> Thrown clear, Regan tumbled earthward, but his fall was checked by a strange, sticky, clinging force. This force then pulled him upwards into the lodging-shaped object through the circular hatch. After being drawn inside the ship, Regan found himself in a dimly lit room surrounded by three-foot-tall glistening creatures he described as looking like huge stalks of metal asparagus. Uh, This unnerved Regan. So much so that he fainted, and he quickly revived, (laughs) hearing a metallic, silted voice coming out of a sort of loudspeaker. The voice informed him in English that the meteor collision had been an accident and that their mission was a peaceful one of merely observing man's primitive civilization. In the way of an apology, they had given him a medical examination and found he was healthy, except for abnormally, uh, mankind called cancer. An abnormality, mankind called cancer. The tumor was adjusted as a slight reparation for the loss that we have caused you. The voice warned Regan not to tell anyone what had happened to him because no one would uh, believe the story to be true. When Regan regained consciousness, as the story goes,
0: nobody will believe you. Don't say anything. Shut up. Don't worry about it.
1: He found himself in the hospital bed. Authorities told him he had been discovered uninjured lying in a farmer's cornfield. In the vicinity was a wreckage of his Piper Club. Cub. And the engine had hit with such force it was burrowed six feet into the ground. Uh, the story in action ended with an authentic-sounding quote from the supposed new clips, news clips, clippings. Um, saucer passenger dies, Atlanta, May 16th. Fred Regan, who made headlines last year when he claimed he had a visitor aboard a flying saucer, died today in the state asylum for the insane. Cause of death was determined to be degeneration of brain tissue due to extreme atomic radiation. Authorities are unable to offer an explanation, uh, reactions to the story. Back in 1953, uh, Corral uh, Lorenzen wrote in the APRO bulletin, We have sent for the sources of the clippings, also the name of the place where the incident took place. When this information is received, it will be included in the current bulletin. Evidently, APRO's inquiries received no results, since nothing more on this case appeared in subsequent bullets. When England's Flying Saucer Review came into existence in the mid-1950s, its first editor, uh, Derek Dump- Dempster, knew about Regan's story and felt merited publication. publishing. Uh, by the summer of 1969, uh, English ufologist uh, Gordon Creighton took another look at the story, since by that time, such cases as uh, the Barley and Bet- Bet- Betty Hill the Villa Boas, etc. cases were being widely studied and debated. Craton, although he could not authenticate it, authenticate it, pronounced the Regan story, uh, uh, prophetic in many respects and deserving of uh of an object uh, scrutiny. It certainly. And took you a give
0: while me crap for what? Mispronunciation.
1: Yeah, yeah you're welcome. You're <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it certainly took a while, but in October. In uh, 1972, an American UFO researcher named Glims finally did the obvious and penned a letter to the Georgia State Department of Public Health asking for information on the demise of a Mr. Fred Regan. A copy of the death certificate um, was given. Georgia authorities were cooperative. In fact, the assistant director of the Vital Records Unit, Miss Martha Patel, wrote Mr. Gesner saying that her department had even checked the possibility of various spellings of Fred Regan. And no such person existed in their files. Moreover, <laughs> no C A B aircraft incident report had been uncovered, and the supposed news clipping has not been traced to any newspaper. Um, Pennsylvania State Director of the Civilian UFO Group Mufuf did a wrap up. You mean on- Mufon. Mufon,
0: yeah, that is a- M U F O N. Yes, did the wrap up. Muffin. Of- Mufon. Muffin.
1: Muffin. Did the wrap-up article on the alleged UFO case in 1979, writing that the story evidently had no substance and what we're left appears to be ramb- <coughs> ramblings of a ghostwriter's vivid imagination. Interesting. So that's all I had on that. Did you want me to introduce the Kelly and Hopkins vil- uh, uh, encounter?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't you feel add- there's much to say else on the Georgia stocks besides, like... I mean this, this guy didn't even seem to exist, right? Yeah. Like they just made it up. So yeah, I guess why why don't you introduce the Hopkinsville goblins? Um Sounds good. Oh, wait, did did you read the part where it said that he um Supposedly died of degenerating brain tissue. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I I wonder if that's like where What... what is it where your brain turns to Swiss cheese? Is I, that is that dementia? No, uh no, you
1: just lose your memory with dementia. Here. You're
0: gonna
1: have to look that one up. Yeah, one, one, sounds
0: like cheese.
1: Yeah, the uh, Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, also known as the Hopkinville Goblin case, was claimed uh, in close encounter with extraterrestrial beings in 1955 near Kelly and Hopkinville in uh, Christian County, Kentucky. UFOologists regard it as one of the most significant and well documented cases in the history of UFO incidents, while skeptics say the reports were due to the effects of excitement and misidentification of natural phenomena such as meteors and owls. The United States Air Force classified the uh, alleged incident as a hoax in the Project Blue Book files, Project Blue Book files. Uh, psychologists, have, uh, psychologists have used the alleged incident as an academic example of pseudoscience to help students distinguish truth from fiction. So what the claim is, is on the evening of August 21st, 1955, 66 years ago, Five adults, seven children arrived at the Hopkinville police station claiming that a small alien creature from a spaceship were attacking their farmhouse. This had been a holding and they have been holding them off with gunfire for nearly four hours. The two adults, Elmer, Elmer Sutton, Billy Ray Taylor, claimed they had been shooting at 12 to 15 short dark figures who repeatedly popped up in the doorway uh, or peered into the windows. Concerned about the possible gun battle between local citizens, four police Five state troopers and three deputy sheriffs and four military police from the nearby U.S. Army Fort Campbell drove to the Sutton Farmhouse located near the town of Kelly. Um, their search yielded nothing apart of an evidence of a gunfight and holes in the windows and doors, door screens made by firearms. Residents of the farmhouse included Jenny, Lankinford, her children, Lonnie, Charlton, and Mary, two sons from a previous marriage, Elmer Lucky Sutton, Charlie, uh, John Charlie J.C. C. Sutton, respective wives, Vera and Aline, and Aline's brother, O.P. Baker, Billy uh, Ray Taylor, his wife, June, both Taylors, Lucky, and Vera Sutton were reportedly uh, an itinerary carnival workers who were visiting the farmhouse. The next day, neighbors told the two officers that their families had packed up and left after claiming the creatures had returned about 3.30 in the morning.
0: Right. Uh, Okay, sorry. So just to go back to what I was talking about... Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure how we got to holes in your brain or no Swiss cheese brain. Um, what what I'm at, what I think I'm actually talking about is uh, one that causes that is uh, Alzheimer's mm-hmm. causes like like holes in your brain or whatever. Yeah. Or it looks like it starts to rot, but another one is uh, you know CTE mm-hmm. from sports re- repeated. Uh, concussions. Yeah. And that that's called chronic traumatic encephalopathy and that's a term used to describe brain degeneration likely caused by repeated head traumas, you know, like um I I actually have a coworker that like he claims that he's had like eight or nine uh concussions. Oh jeez. Yeah. So I mean, he he might have early onset of that. I mean, I I don't know, but um, I I think that's what I was talking about. There's there's some degenerative disease that like turns your brain to like literally Swiss cheese. I don't know what it's called, but I don't know how I thought of that, but uh, why don't
1: I? Well, it's because that guy had atomic radiation in his brain. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> brain degenerative disorder or whatever all right
1: well i'll throw it back to you so you can talk about the uh witness encounters okay
0: the this is actually going a lot faster than i thought it would <laughs> so i guess i'm glad i did three yeah uh, <laughs> okay so on the evening of sunday august 21st 1955 elmer sudden a young man in his early 20s was visiting his mom Lenny Lankford, and three younger half-siblings in the farmhouse that they had grown up in, um, eight miles north of Hopkinsville. On break from his job with a traveling carnival, dude, that would be sick, uh, Lucky had his wife Vera and their friends Billy Ray, not Billy Ray, Cyrus, and June Taylor with him for the weekend. His brother JC and sister-in-law Eileen, plus a family friend, um, were also there that night. Following a hearty supper prepared by Miss Glennie, the party of 11 had settled in for a card game when Billy Ray made a outlandish claim. Walking back into the house from a trip to the old loo um, to refill his water glass, wait, no, that's, that's not right, he blurred out that <laughs> he just seen a round metallic object with rainbow-colored streaks trailing behind it, moving through the sky above the farm. His companions took it as a prank, at first writing it off as another one of the tricks Billy Ray and Lucky liked to play on each other, but Billy Ray seemed genuinely bothered by whatever he had seen. So when he asked his wife June for reassurance that she believed him, the absurdity of it all sent her and the others into fits of laughter. God, these people are jerks.
1: They're mean to each other.
0: Yeah, I know. What the heck? Unwilling to let it go. I mean, like, that's the worst thing you could do for somebody, like... Just laugh at them? Yeah. Oh, you saw Bigfoot? <laughs> You're a moron. <laughs> yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you saw a Bat Squatch? Oh, really? Unwilling to let it go. Billy Ray got Lucky to walk out to the well with him so he could point out exactly where the object had gone across the sky. Lucky didn't know what to make of his friend's story, but it was clear something had scared him. They were headed back to resume their game when something stopped them in their tracks, they claimed a glowing object approaching from the woods behind the house. As it got closer, they realized it was a short, human-like creature with large eyes, two legs that seemed to float rather than walk, and two arms raised as if in surrender. Lucky yelled an expletive, and the two men ran inside, slamming the door behind them. Around the same time, a neighbor about a quarter mile north of them noticed lights in the woods behind the sudden farm and figured the family was searching for one of their pigs that had gone out. Later, when he would hear gunshots, he imagined they were dealing with a bobcat preying on their livestock. So they just start shooting at these things. <laughs> Glennie didn't understand what the commotion was about, but didn't want Lucky's talk of, quote, otherworldly gobl- goblins upsetting his younger siblings, so she sent them to bed. The next thing she knew, the guys were standing guard at the doors, Lucky at the front with their twelve gauge and Billy Ray at the back with a twenty two. What's a twenty two?
1: It's a type of round. It's a small pistol round.
0: So it's just a pistol?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They also have rifles that are twenty two as well. For like bird hunting
0: and stuff. Jared, local gun expert. She couldn't believe how far they were willing to go to play a break. Um, I'm not going to be scared in my own house, she thought. Once Lucky's mind was set on something, there wasn't any convincing him otherwise, his mother knew. So she tried getting answers from his friend instead. Maybe the two young men were playing a joke on their wives. What, really? Really? Yeah, let's let's freak out our kids and our guests. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, okay. So she siloed up to Billy Ray by the back door, um, just exactly what was this all about. And he's replied, Miss Glennie, I hope you don't have to find out, he replied. They were there sitting silently waiting while everyone else except Lucky and the children talked in the living room when a figure about three feet tall appeared in the doorway out of the darkness. Glennie screamed and everyone came running. Billy Ray shot at the would-be intruder, piercing a hole in the screen door, then spurred on by curiosity, um... He stepped onto the porch as he did. He saw a clawed hand reach down from the roof, grazing his hair. Not knowing the creature's intent, Eileen grabbed Billy Ray and yanked him back inside the house. I, it kills me, Jared, because I keep wanting to say Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> like the yeah, the yeah. I just imagined Billy Ray Cyrus and Hannah Montana versus <laughs> floating goblins. <laughs> Somebody make a fan game out of that, please. Welcome um, to the Disney Channel. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Disney Channel. <laughs> Next time, Hannah Montana goes to Hopkinsville, Kentucky. <laughs> Not uh, so. She grabbed Billy Ray and yanked him back inside the house. Lucky stepped outside, aiming his gun at the roof. Man, they're gonna destroy their house. (laughs) The creature he shot rolled off the roof and disappeared into the woods, apparently uninjured. What, did he shoot buckshot at it?
1: Not sure.
0: Yeah. It, it, oh. I mean, it just says he aimed, aimed it at the roof. Not that he shot it, but whatever. In the living room, a pair of glowing eyes and a set of talons appeared at the window. JC shot at it through the glass with a 20 gauge shotgun. Close behind, Billy Ray followed up with a bullet. The struck creature backflipped and took off running. (laughs) (laughs) You might have hit me with your gun, but I still live. I'm a parkour expert. Yeah, yeah. Does a frickin' backflip. Glennie, a religious woman who had just been to church earlier that day, started praying. For all she knew, the... Glowing-eyed creatures on her lawn were sent from Satan. The gunfire had stirred her youngest kids from sleep. Now they looked to her for answers. The good Lord will watch over us and protect us, she said. Lucky urged the woman to take the children into the back room and hide. Everyone but Glennie obeyed. She could hardly believe what she had seen earlier. She needed a second look to be sure. Cat. It's like one of those crappy horror movies. No, don't go in the dark room. No, don't look behind the shower curtain. Lucky and Billy Ray surveyed the front yard while J.C., O.P., and whoever the heck that is, and Glennie waited inside. J.C. at the ready with a cocked shotgun. Someone yelled to look up in the maple tree. This time everyone could clearly see one of the little men perched on a branch above them. They shot at it, but instead of falling, the being floated off. The noise they heard when they fired at another one coming around the corner sounded like bullets hitting metal. It floated away too. Realizing their gunfire was useless, the men retreated. Okay, I wouldn't say it's useless because the things are still floating away instead of just staying there. Yeah, you're scaring them off. Right. Back in the house, the group tried to collect their thoughts amidst racing questions. What are these things? Were they goblins or demons? Did their raised arms indicate innocent intent? If they didn't mean any harm to the home's occupants, why did they keep coming back after being shot? Oh, and I'm sorry for the barking in the background. My neighbors suck. Bullets may not have scared the intruders off, but somehow pointed out that bright light seemed to hurt their large yellow pupil eyes whenever a light came on the beings backed away they turned on every light in the house and waited outside it was eerily silent one of the children began to cry lucky was trying to think of what to do next when they heard scratching coming from the roof he darted outside pointed his gun at the top of the house and fired at the creature there once again the being floated down and scrambled out of sight on the tree seemingly unharmed like the others so, uh, uh, even though they keep saying it's ineffective or whatever, at least it's scaring them away. Yeah, it's getting them away. Uh, I mean, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming abundantly clear that these goblins couldn't be deterred, at least not by any means an ordinary farm family had at their disposal. When do you just get in your car and drive off? I mean, like. Maybe this is where your car doesn't start. When the coast was clear, everyone made a break for their trucks, piling in as fast as they could. A sergeant working the front desk at the Hopkinsville police station didn't know what to say to the eleven people who had come in before midnight. One of them said they had been fighting, quote, little silver men for hours. The officer didn't believe that, but it was obvious something had frightened them. Um Uh, Officer called Chief Russell Greenwell and in turn radioed Kentucky State Police, the Christian County Sheriff's Office at Fort Campbell Army Base, just to to really show it to those damn aliens, which dispatched its own police personnel. The local paper got wind of it and sent a staff photographer. Within an hour, at least a half dozen law enforcement and media members had converged on the farm along with the returning family. Authorities uh, searched the property with flashlights, but found no sign of the little men. Only holes in the window screens and plenty of shotgun shell casings. They just destroyed their house. (laughs) (laughs) One officer noticed something glowing in the woods, but a search returned nothing. The ground beneath where Lucky had shot one of the alleged beings appears to have been stained with something that gave off an iridescent sheen when viewed from an angle. Officers questioned the family members separately, but they all got the same consistent description of the night's nice events. After hours of fruitless investigation, the police l- left. I wonder if nowadays that would count as like a false police report.
1: I wonder. I wonder if they could get in trouble for or something like, like that. Or like
0: that would just be hy- hysteria. Yeah. I mean, It's a good you know. way to
1: get yourself checked into a mental hospital. Yeah,
0: I know. Even 11 people. At 3.30 in the morning after a fitful nap, they never entered deep sleep. Glennie awoke to the sight of, once again, one of the little men on the other side of her bedroom window. She called out to Lucky, who was dozing on the couch in the living room. He and Billy Ray spent the next couple of hours watching Gar with their guns. The creatures left just before daybreak. The last of the family would ever see it then. Um, God. So, later on, uh, they were questioned separately, each describing the evening's events and the creature's physical appearance. Three to four feet tall with muscular upper bodies and atrophied legs, large glowing eyes, and pointy ears. Kind of sounds like a bat, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, with the pointy ears. Yeah. Um, In a consistent manner, So So in 2010, when the Kelly's community organization started brainstorming themes to build a fundraising event around, they delved into their areas past hitting on this event. Thus, the Little Green Men Days Festival was born. People tell them about things they've seen that they can't explain, I think. that That's one reason I enjoy doing these. Because, like, in the comments over the last four years, people, like, just love... I've even been sent messages on, like, Facebook of people, like, paragraphs long of their encounter with aliens. Oh that's cool. Like, I just love that. Hey, if you have any stories, send them to me and... If you don't want me to share them, I won't. I just love reading them. Yeah, they're just uh, interesting. Yeah, no, like, haven't I shown you some of those? Mm-hmm. You showed. Jer- yeah. my best friend, so that that's different. But yeah, I won't, yeah. I won't post it on the internet. Um, uh, she bristles at the people who criticize her family for their actions that night. Festival-goers have expressed opinions that Lucky and Billy Ray shouldn't have shot at the creatures uh, and that they should have invited the little men in. My dad was trying to protect them. They were country boys, and that's what they do. They got their guns. Uh, Their family went through something, whether it be paranormal or extraterrestrial. Uh, That changed their lives forever. Uh, They just want people to realize the terror they went through that night. Um. That's yeah. I do you have anything, Ted? Yeah. No, sir. <laughs> kind okay, of yeah. three different crazy Storm-based. phenomenons, right? Yep, yep. So, anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been your host Luke,
1: co-host Gerard. Gerard, you guys, thank you. We appreciate
0: yeah. you. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a good
1: night. Peace.